Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 298. Everything that seems impossible usually isn't. Just keep banging away at it and sooner or later you'll get to the top. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guests, plural, Jim and Mike Ring, the Ring Brothers. Jim, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? We sure are, Mark. We are. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, normally I uh, I ask who's driving today. Now, I've got two brothers on the show. Who's going to drive today? Well, I usually drive, but he'll probably do more talking. That's Jim. That's, Jim's usually driving. Jim's usually driving. Okay, cool. The Ring Brothers, Jim and Mike, have owned and operated Classic Auto Body in Spring Green, Wisconsin for more than 20 years. Their collision repair shop gets owners back on the road, but it's also a place where some of the most spectacular and creative handcrafted builds in the world emerge from. They also produce a line of billet accessories as well as fiberglass and carbon fiber body panels. Their builds have garnered a General Motors Best Chevrolet Award at the SEMA event and back-to-back Good Guys Street Machine Awards. So Jim, Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you guys. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business and your passion for automobiles? Well, we were the two youngest boys of of seven kids. There were three boys, four four, uh, sisters in our family. Our dad owned a real small gas station, a Skelly gas station in a small town of 600 people. Plain, it was named Plain, P-L-A-I-N, Plain, Wisconsin. So we kind of grew up there, gotten used to the smell of gas, and we were always really into cars before we could even drive, mm-hmm. and just always enjoyed being around them and loved the smell of gas. So it kind of went from motorcycles and go-karts to cars, and years later we started a collision shop and then doing restorations, and we we just found that the restorations to us were kind of boring. It was still following rules that basically you had to do the way it was, and taking it a little farther, we decided to obviously build our own parts for a lot of the vehicles we do and kind of push the no-rules thing a little bit and and, uh, kind of build these cars the way we wanted to build them and not so much copying what somebody else did. So that's when we started doing more of the cutting up and the creation of new parts and new products for these old cars. Sure. Would you say that a majority of the cars, the the special builds you do, are they more on the hot rod side, resto rod? What is there a direction you guys like to take this? This is Mike. I, I think our passion is more taking a muscle car and making it even more more muscular than what they were in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. with all the latest technology. And I think the old muscle cars, everybody thought they were so fast because they were driving on bias ply tires with no brakes, and they thought those cars were fast. But they obviously can be much faster today with today's technology and uh, a lot more fun to drive, especially for people that have a new vehicle today and uh, are a little afraid of the older cars because they just don't drive like a new vehicle. But... We try to incorporate all that in our in our builds, and so I would say uh, muscle cars, street machine, 
um, is more of what we we like. Very cool. I've had a lot of friends that have lusted after, dreamed about owning a particular old muscle car or any old classic car, and when they finally get to drive it, they kind of step out and that wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be uh, because of the way they handle, like you say, the old tires, the brakes, and so forth. So you guys make the cars a lot more fun to drive, right? That's really what we do. You know, we try to keep the lines and the, you know, really the car recognizable as what it was. I mean, if you're in love with a 69 Camaro, that's certainly what you'll end up with. But we put technology in where you can actually enjoy driving it sure. and uh, feel good about it. Very cool. Well, as we continue on this journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. It's something that has been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. Now, I usually say take the wheel, but let's start with Jim. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure my family has a lot to do with that, you know, being supportive and, you know, allowing me to to do what we've done over the years, clearly not making any money, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but... You know, they, they're they a big part of it, and my dad, obviously, is a big part of that, introducing us to cars, and, you know, we've kind of been around it our whole life and kind of been blessed that, honestly, people like what we've done and like what we do, and and it allows us to, to uh, do what we do for other people uh, that are paying the bills. Sure. Is there a particular quote for you, Mike, that comes to mind that has a meaning? Yeah, you know, my mom is kind of funny being that young, and she's quite old. She's got Alzheimer's now, but she was, she's 89 now. But she had a quote. We had seven kids, one bathroom. But in the bathroom, she had a, every day she had a different quote in there. And, and I think that what we try to live by is she always had a saying that said, uh, you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle to make yours shine brighter. And, and I think that that's, big in this industry is you don't have to cut down other people's work or what they do to to make your stuff you know you don't have to sell people on what you do you just do what you do you don't have to cut somebody else's work down you just let the cards fall where they may and just everybody get along well you had a really wise mom and what a great thing to have a quote in the bathroom i can't imagine seven kids sharing one bathroom there was probably some pretty good fights going on there but uh I, I love the fact that your mom would put a quote in there to, to kind of help you kids think a little bit about something. What a wonderful treasure to have. And, and that one in particular is uh, basically part of the golden rule, doing to others. But, uh, you know, one thing I've learned about car people is when you get them together, it really doesn't matter what kind of car you like. We're all just kind of cut from the same cloth. We like things that roll on rubber. Would you share a story with me, each of you guys, that instigated your passion for cars you said you grew up with a dad who had a a garage a a gas station so you've been around cars but for each of you is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy because some people grow up in a car house and they don't become car guys well there's no doubt i mean i think i think probably what really got me interested in cars at, at least the mustang side of things was uh i seen a 65 fastback growing up it was it was a red '65 fastback, and I just always just loved that car. There was just something about that car that I just thought was was uh, just really cool and, and different. And I ended up buying a a rusty one. Like I pretty much swept it all up except for the roof. <laughs> and uh, I, so I had a title and I had a roof, and I put that car together and 
kind of cloned what Shelby did, the, the white GT350 kind of style, and it was just, I really love that car, and I think that's one of the cars that really bit me, that I, I truly enjoyed it, and I was so proud to have it, and, you know, there's always, there's always one that kind of bites you, and I think that was the one that bit me. Yeah, absolutely. I had a GT350 Shelby clone as well, so I, I understand the passion. How about your brother there? Yeah, this is Mike. Um, well, um, I actually worked for, my dad sold the gas station to my oldest brother, who's 12 years older than I, and I used to wash cars for him on Saturday, and I, so I got to drive, you know, a lot of Electra Buicks, you know, the Deuce and a Quarters and uh, the old Oldsmobiles, but once in a while the guys would bring in their, um, a guy had an AM, a 72 Javelin, and uh, for as quirky as that car was, it was sure just, it caught me, you know, he had it jacked up and the big slot wheels on the back, and um, it had like, a, instead of the stock stripe, it looked almost like a Cobra-looking stripe on it, and I don't know, that was just a car that was like, wow, you know, so different, hadn't seen anything like it, and being from a small town, but, you know, I think just going from those big boats to uh, this pretty amazing-looking red javelin, I, I don't know, that's the one that really got me hooked on cars i think well the javelin was so unique and to me i used to say the javelin had great hips because it just kind of sure had did. this conches you know these conches that kind of set up in the back and the yeah very cool car yeah, I, oh i agree it was very very sexy you know if you could say that at the time it, it was really <laughs> cool back in 72 when you were in a town of 600 people and the only thing you've seen is farm trucks and and uh, manure spreaders. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, Jim, Mike, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty, something you guys are certainly not afraid of doing, and ask you to share with our listening audience a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what you learned from us. So, Take us there. Take us to that place in time that was so frustrating, so challenging, and tell us how you worked through it. Well, it kind of goes back to the story of no rules. You know, after we decided that we wanted to take one of these old muscle cars and cut it up and do what we wanted to do instead of restoring it and basically taking it to a show and parking it right next to the exact same car, we did a 68 Camaro years ago, like before anybody really cut these cars up. I mean, let's face it, they always put wheels on it and maybe a set of valve covers or an air cleaner, but we cut this car up mm -hmm. and changed everything. And we took it to our first show and people would look at us and say, what are you thinking? You know, why would you destroy a perfectly good 68 Camaro? <laughs> and to be honest with you, we looked at each other and we thought it was kind of cool and, and, uh, it was just a real eye-opener for us back then to look at each other and go, wow, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, as far as overcoming that, fast forward 20, 25 years, and look what you got today. I mean, if you don't cut your car up today, it seems like you can't play ball at all. You know what I mean? You get to these shows, and there's so many talented people out there, and there's so much going on in this industry right now that – unless you're willing to change and create a lot of different products, keeping that car 
100% recognizable in the end, it's hard to even it's hard to even play ball with these guys anymore. Oh, absolutely. You know, I got to say, by no means were we the first one to ever cut up a car, but we were we were right up front with that. Uh, so, so much so that we took grief for it. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's something people really at that time never seen anybody do before. So very cool, very sorry. innovative. Yeah, as far as the muscle car, but I I think you know Jim hit it as far as. But for me, it's just that we continue to do what was inside of us, and we really didn't worry about what other people said. And honestly, you learn in a hurry that you know you know you hear it all the time, but what people say, as long as they're talking about you, good or bad, it is good. And at first, you don't really believe that. You always think it always has to be positive or you take it to heart. Just knowing that it, it really is true. Some of the most notoriety we ever got have ever gotten was because people were cutting us down. You know, well, not really us personally, but what you do, don't like. But it just creates this little hidden war, whether it's on the Internet or whatever. And then it just makes other people go, what are they talking about? I want to go see and I want to look at it for myself and judge. And so really what you learn over the years is that any kind of people talking about what you do is, is good, and even if it's bad. And uh, you just can't take it to heart. Yeah, I've had many builders on this show that have said the same thing, that you need to follow your own course and and do something new and unique. And if you feel it in your heart, you think it's right for you, just do it. And there's a lot of builders today, they're doing the same thing. They're raising some eyebrows, but they're making a mark and time will tell. In your guy's case, time did tell. So I love it. You know, that that goes back to another quote my mother always said. She always said that bad press is like standing in the rain. A few more drops ain't going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> you have one smart mama, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you guys to share one of those career aha moments with me. Uh, I like to say it's a time when uh, the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction you had for your business. And tell me the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, building these cars, obviously creates a lot of challenges and and every time you do one of these cars you figure out things that drive you absolutely crazy that you want to fix and take care of and one of the biggest things that drove Mike and I crazy about all of these cars were the hood hinges. We spend hours upon hours making sure everything was lined up and right and correct and then only to open the hood on a stamped steel hood and it never seemed to go back to the same spot twice. You always had a kind of run around the other side and push the hood down on both sides and honestly it was it was probably the hood hinges that that uh, you know really kind of started our parts business we built a set of hinges for a car called the reactor uh, it was a 67 Mustang we did which was a pretty popular car at the time you know we got out there and people started noticing them hinges and saying god you know could you make me a set and from there, we ended up going into the Camaros, the Chevelles, and now we pretty much do the majority of them. But I think that was a naha moment for us. It gave us the ability to not only build our cars, but create parts, which gave us residual after the car was gone and paid for. So that's kind of how Mike and I still run our business today, and that is every car that we build we try to create new innovative parts for that particular car 
and then use those parts and sell those parts after the fact to the to the public, which you know grows our parts business and also allows us to have residual on every one of these builds. Well, it's very cool because each car is a beta test for new products, if you will. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it's uh, and we've been. This is Mike, and we've been lucky enough that people want to see our cars and lucky enough to have some media and magazines and for us it was just a free way of marketing our parts through oh, yeah. that and talk about them. Very cool. I love that. Great story. You guys have won some awards, many awards along the way, but is there one moment that stands out for you as the a proudest business career moment? Well, for me, this is Mike. I would have to say we had probably Two, one being at SEMA with that car, the reactor, when we won the Mother of Shine Award for the first time. It was really cool to us because it was really the industry telling us that they really liked it and, you know, awarded it their best. Since then, you've won, we've won a lot, but I, I think just SEMA and having the industry telling you we feel it was the best car here, that was that was a pretty amazing moment. Oh, yeah. That's a marvelous. SEMA, the competition there is incredible. I've been going to that show for 25 years now. And uh, uh, to garner an award like that at that show, definitely a proud moment. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love to hear from each of you about your first really special car. It doesn't have to be your first car, but the car that really stands out for you that you finally got, that dream you finally got your hands on. And and maybe share a memory with those vehicles. Let's start with Jim. I don't know. I'd probably have to take it back to a 69 Camaro that uh, I was working in Chicago. Uh, I was working for an environmental company and newly married, no money, working downtown Chicago, living in Schaumburg, commuting. And I was reading the paper one day, and there was a 69 Camaro Indy Pace car. Uh, It was a big block, 396, 350 horse car, with convertible, obviously, with air conditioning. And uh, I went home, talked to my wife about it, and I said, you know, I'm going to go down to the corner bank and see if they'll borrow me $5,000 to buy this car. And she kind of laughed at me, and I kind of laughed at myself, but I did. So I walked into a bank that they don't know me from Adam and talked to the loan officer and told him I wanted to buy this car and had no money, and they actually gave me the money. And <laughs> I went and bought the car, drug it home, restored it in my mother's basement, and uh, that was a pretty special car. So I'd have to say it was that car. Very cool. How about you, Mike? Probably the one that I really remember the most was a car. I went in the Navy out of high school, and uh, I had bought this GTO convertible when just before I had left, and I started to work on it a little bit in the garage. But I remember coming home on leave one time, and, Go down in mom's basement again, good old mom's basement, and uh, the car is gone. And I said to Jim, Jim, where's my car? He said, I sold it. <laughs> I, said, I said, where's the money? Oh, I spent it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was a car that I really liked. But uh, yeah, he, likes, re- he likes telling this story. But I yeah. never really got to finish it. So someday uh, the 69 GTO convertible will, you know, it's just something you remember, though. You know, it's kind of funny now how, what things happen. But, uh, you know, it sticks with you, good or bad. You know, you only remember the good, but 
it's pretty funny to talk about that now. Is there a, an IOU sitting out there for that car someday? No, he got even with me. He, When we were young, he picked up a snapping turtle in the golf course as we were golf ball hunting. And we were both standing. We probably weighed 80 pounds soaking wet, the both of us, with no shirts on. And he swung that turtle at me, and it bit me in the belly. Oh. <laughs> and I had a 30-pound turtle hanging off my belly. And you know them things never let go. And they have full-time four-wheel drive. So oh. I was running through the golf course back to my dad's gas station with a turtle hanging off my belly that wasn't letting go, still trying to climb up me. <laughs> and he, he tackled me, and they jerked it off by his tail, and it pulled the flesh right out of my belly. Oh. So, so I guess he got even. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, my gosh, that hurts to hear. <laughs> That's crazy. Only brothers. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you guys have let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Might be different than that GTO or that snapping turtle. Yeah, I definitely have one seller's remorse, and that is a Fiero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had bought. I was in a in a car uh, place literally probably 25 years ago. It was in Madison, Wisconsin, and. I could see there was this car, there's several cars in there, but I could see one in particular, the, the wheels on it. I knew it was a Shelby, a 67, and it had a cover on it, and I asked the guy, I said, whose car is that? And the guy said, well, it's Lenny Mattioli, and Lenny Mattioli owned a company called TD Lenny. Um, he was the guy that basically, if you bought a TD from him, he'd give you a free bike, and the guy did very, very well. But So I said, do you think he would sell that? that car and he said yeah he'd probably sell it so I went over there to his store big giant store went upstairs I said Lenny well, tell me about that 67 Shelby and he said well I bought it brand new and he said I never drove it much and I got it sitting in an undercover over at Capital Corvette it was the name of the place and I said yeah I just seen it I said would you sell me that car he said yeah I'll sell you the car 20,000 hmm. and he might as well have said 200 because it all was the same number to me but I ended up buying that car. It was a 100% original 67 GT500 inboard light. Uh, it was lime green, four-speed. car was perfect in every way. And three days later, I had a guy offer me 25, and I sold it. Mm. And I thought I knocked the ball out of the park. Yeah. This what? was a... This was a 12,000-mile original one-owner car. <laughs> oh, well, at the time, you did hit it out of the park, but little did we know. <laughs> yeah, so that that's my remorse story. Oh, goodness. How about you, brother? <laughs> yeah, I. you know what? I can honestly say I don't really have... I didn't have anything that nice, oh. you know? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had a 72 Torino, my first car, and wrecked it, and... A cutlass, but no, you know, I, I never had that car that I could say that. You really want it back. Right. Yeah. How about current projects? What are you guys working on right now there? What are you building that really has you excited and fired up? We've got several projects going. One of them, we're doing a 65 fastback that's called a wide body. We actually widen the cars four inches, and we don't widen it through the center. The cockpit stays the same, but... The quarters are pulled out two inches. The doors are literally cut in half and widened two inches, the fenders. And we did a car similar to this years ago called the Producer Mustang. It's an orange 65 fastback. Many pictures of it on the web. If you just Google Ring Brothers Producer Mustang, uh, it'll come up. But we did a similar car to that 
that is 100% carbon fiber, meaning quarters, roof, doors, fenders, bumpers, every part of the car is carbon except for the inner structure. Wow. This car is actually going to, we're doing it for a, a Russian man, and the car is going to end up in London. So I don't think anybody will ever see this car, hmm. but uh, that's a pretty exciting car for us. We physically built the entire car out of steel, pulled molds from it, hand laid all the carbon, stripped all the steel off of it, and then bonded all of the carbon panels to it basically, which would be the quarter panels and the roof. The rest of it clearly bolts on, doors, fenders, trunk lid, hood, bumpers. Yeah. We've also got a 65 convertible. We're doing a wide body, too, for a gentleman in Texas, a 65 fastback, uh, which is a pretty interesting car. Uh, i got a 69 Camaro we're doing, a 48 Cadillac, a 69 Dodge Charger. We're very busy right now. Well, that's awesome. Boy, sound like some amazing vehicles. We can't wait to see pictures of those. Now, here's a very introspective question for you guys, and we'll start with Jim. If you were a car, Jim, what kind of car would you be and why? That's a good question. <laughs> Let me give you a little precursor. It's not the kind of car you wish you were. It's how you perceive yourself as transpired into a vehicle. Well, I'd have to be a probably a beetle bug or something because I'm kind of thick through the middle. see that's why this question brings out the truth in everybody (laughs) but uh no i don't know probably a beetle bug on steroids there you go something (laughs) with a big engine stuffed in the back yeah well i don't know i'm usually dragging quite a bit so (laughs) maybe the bumper would have to be falling off on the back or something there you go how about you mike i'm kind of the same it'd have to be probably a station wagon a big one just because of all the kids in the family, you know, I got to believe that that uh, that's the most important to me. So, yeah, um, it'd probably be a wagon. There you go. So, Jim, Mike, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. No more worries about a dead battery. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium-ion technology that'll start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology and a reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle every time. It includes a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight, and it easily recharges with USB outlets so you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool. It's safe and easy to use. Quality, design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at Genius Chargers All right, Jim, Mike, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you guys guys give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yeah. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would say, this is Mike speaking, that just do what's inside you and and, uh, do the best you can do no matter what, how small a task it is. How about you, Jim? I'd have to say it goes back to another one of mom's quotes, and that's if you can get over the dog, you can get over the tail. Meaning, (laughs) if you can get most of the car done, you can certainly finish it. Yeah, those are great quotes, and you know, I'm liking your mom more and more as we talk here today. This (laughs) This is great. 
Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Well, this is Mike. I, um, I think for me, it's, it's patience, and it really uh, comes from... For me, when I'm sanding on cars or, you know, just I just enjoy just sanding, believe it or not. I really enjoy just sanding, and I think it just comes from patience and, and being able to visualize uh, a finished product. Yeah, great. To me, it's got to be, I just love mechanical things, and, and especially old things. And I'm kind of a pack rat when it comes to anything old or there's just something about old things to me that, that does it for me. But just looking at the way they're put together and, and you know, how they, were, how they were manufactured, I think, I don't know, for something, that would have to be mine. We'll have to call that curiosity and passion combined. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Do you guys have a resource you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy and benefit from? I would have to say... It's amazing what you can find in a book called McMaster Car. McMaster Car, okay. That's kind of our go-to Bible when we can't figure anything else out. Uh, is there one book in particular, or maybe a book that each of you has read? It could be a car book or a business book that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well. The only reason we're here today is because my dad survived World War II, and there was a book that came out about it, Men of the Gambier Bay. pretty much tells you how to be patient and and uh, grind through things. You know, I think there can be the smartest people in the world, but if you have a little grind in you, I think you'll get a lot farther than, than the smartest people in the world. So it's the grit. There was a book about my father's, uh, he was sunk in World War II on a ship and, and barely survived. Um, wow. He's one of the last survivors. There's, I think there's nine guys left from that ship right now. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, the greatest generation for sure. Yeah, definitely in life, you can have it all, but if you have no grit, it's really hard to, hard to, to pull through everything. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to these great resources at carsyad.com slash ringbrothers. All right, guys, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, because today I'll write the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? And we'll start with Jim. Mine would definitely be a Ford GT, a 2006. I love that car from day one. And uh, there's been many opportunities to buy it, although the price was never where it needed to be. Although if I would have bought it, it'd, I could have made money on it. But anyway, I would have to say it's the Ford GT. You know, early on, we actually helped restore and did all the paint on a, on a GT for Stopper Classics. A GT40, and it, ever since then, I've always loved that car. I've got a model that's sitting here in front of me, one of the old golf cars. Yeah. Uh, just always loved that car, and when Ford came out with that in 05, I just always loved that car. Yeah, they're spectacular. I was fortunate to drive one back in 2007 on the racetrack here at Pacific Raceway, and oh my gosh, what an awesome car. How about you, Mike? Well, I think that's definitely one of my favorites. I hate to use the same one he did, but uh, for me, I'd probably say uh, a Turbo 911. I mean, I just, I like the simplicity. You know, no frills necessarily, no cup holders, just everything basic. I'm not talking a new one, but a little older, maybe a 930 Turbo or something on that, but just a lot of power, 
I think, uh, a lot of simplistic and uh, a style that's been there and proven and was cool 30 years ago and will be cool in another 50. Well, I've got a 930 in my garage, an 87. I don't, wow. think, I don't think I can part with it, so I'm going to have to find you another one. You can't have what I affectionately call my orange crush because the car is a paint-to-sample car done in metallic orange. But uh, I think when you get one, you're going to really have some fun. Drove mine this weekend, and yeah, they're, they're really great cars. Two great choices from you guys. You've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Car Shadow listeners. Is there one parting piece of guidance you can offer our listeners before you two guys drive off into the sunset in that Ford GT and that Turbo 911? Follow your heart. You know, everything that seems impossible usually isn't. Just keep banging away at it, and sooner or later you'll get to the top. There you go. Great advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you guys and your business? You can check us out on our Facebook page. Ring Brothers, and also uh, you can get on our website at www.ringbrothers.com. And I guess we're on Twitter. And we're also on Twitter. I don't know, know a whole lot about all that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what your social media guys are for. But listeners, you can find links to everything that Jim and Mike Ring have shared with us today at carsyad.com. Just put Ring Brothers in the search bar and their show notes page will pop right up. Guys, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!